Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing the soul, what it is, and what it does in embodied life. I remember being confused about the soul as I was growing up, because people would talk about it and writers would write, as if the soul was something to be guessed at. The soul as subject was something to be believed in, but never proven, couldn't be quantified, was at times one particular atom located in one particular place in the body, was something separate from actual living, or was a shadow because it was attached but could only be seen or even be present in certain situations. However, the soul was all-important, reflected on by our actions, changed by our choices, grown or damaged, and at the end of time to be judged based on our actions as if it were responsible for them. So many disconnects, so little time. This made my mind whirl. If the soul is so important, why don't we know more about it? If the soul is responsible for what we do, why doesn't it have more input? If the day-to-day is not connected to the soul, then how can our actions affect it? None of this makes sense. And don't get me started on the statement, you just have to have faith. When used as a means of implying that I need to have patience, I'm fine with it. Because I know that I struggle with the nature of divine timing. I'm human, just like everyone else. I'm not fine with that phrase being used to dissuade me from attempting to understand something, or to question the status quo, or to look past other people's theories. If you just want me to stop and be satisfied with the incomplete, contradictory, and confusing notions of others, you're going to become well acquainted with wanting. When I started to work in the Akashics, things became a lot clearer for me. The connections between our bodies, our emotions, our mind, and our soul, between the day-to-day and the soul's condition or state of being began to make sense. So let's start with the basics. The soul is you. It's the essential you. Your soul is the part of you which knows who you are, holds your personality, which maintains a coherent narrative of who you are even though your identity changes and becomes in each moment you experience. Your soul is the life force in you which animates this body. This is one of the first aspects of embodied life we encounter. When we are home, when we are not embodied, which is most of the time for the majority of us, we're in the Akashics, disembodied energetic beings who are telepathic, empathic, constantly interconnected, and yet completely ourselves at all times, with thoughts and emotions and experiences forming all around us and then dissolving again as our thoughts shift, or the conversation lesson experience moves on. When we embody, 
we select a portion of ourselves, what we will identify as a soul, to take up residence in the body. We don't bring all that we are into an embodied life, just what we need. In the same way we pack for a business trip or for a vacation, we bring what is necessary for us to succeed in and enjoy the journey. Bringing everything we are would be too much, like packing up and trying to manage an entire household while moving from business to business and city to city negotiating trade agreements. We would spend more time dealing with our stuff than we would in getting stuff done. So we bring what we need of ourselves and we enter into a body. Human bodies are one component of the embodied life. While they are unique expressions of ourselves, they're not solely representative of who we really are, any more than a holiday picture of us dressed as an elf wearing a lampshade is. This is one expression of us, one aspect of us, representative of this moment in time, which is brief compared to the entirety of our existence. We choose the physical body we are to inhabit for a multitude of reasons. The body contains all the autonomic functions we need to live, the storage capacity to help us deal with experiences and traumas and emotions, the heritage of our families, culture, physical DNA, energy, the skills we want to work with, and the tendencies we want to support us in the life we have pre-planned to lead. It's like one half of a working mechanism. However, without a soul, a body will not run for very long. We see this in people who, for one reason or another, become brain dead. Once the soul releases from the body, the life functions will cease to continue on their own. We can support the body, but the soul rarely returns. A soul is required for a body in this embodied life to function, and a functioning body is required for a soul to function in an embodied life. The body allows the soul to express itself not only physically, mentally, and emotionally, but energetically as well. The energy system of the body, the chakras, the prana, the kundalini, is a combination of body and soul. Without the two working as a team, yin-yang, the energy does not express correctly, disharmony erupts, and health is damaged. I have worked with clients whose soul did not seat well in their bodies. In these cases, the soul, for a variety of reasons, either didn't connect fully with the body or connected badly. When the soul doesn't connect completely, the body begins the distress signaling process, using itself as a symbol to point out where things are going wrong, usually with the soul unable to communicate or connect correctly. The problems become chronic at the least, catastrophic at the most. The physical manifestations are not subtle, and they aren't one little bit at a time. They come on like a mallet whacking the person over and over, creating a cumulative effect, which can be overwhelming. 
This can cause the body to wear out extremely fast so that the life is cut short. It can cause the person to walk through the life miserable because they feel cut off from others, living life as if behind a pane of glass. The situation can also cause the body to feel like a huge costume made of meat, which the person is wearing something not their own. Being disconnected can cause extreme depression because the person is unable to connect to their own feelings of self-worth, of wholeness, and sense of purpose. The entire picture of who a person is, who they can be, and the perspective encompassing life as a good place to be, can only come into focus and be felt and understood through the union of the soul and the body. If these are misconnected, they can feel like there is no point to being here. The disconnection can set off the body's automatic we're done here, time to shut down process and starts ending the life even while the soul is still healthy and fully active inside the person. I start off each reading explaining to the client that I will initiate the session by reading their body. I explain that not only will your body report the now of how your soul is experiencing embodied life, but it will also speak of how much of your soul you brought with you and how it's expressing currently. It will speak of blocks, stuck spaces, behaviors that are causing negative repercussions, and how the soul is working to remedy them, effectively or not. So yes, everything you do in this life impacts your soul, because your soul is you. No need to go searching for your soul, hope you find it or meet up with it someday, because you are your soul. Look in the mirror. Look in your eyes. That's your soul right there. Your soul is not trapped in this body. It is this body. And thank goodness. If you're going to seek your truth, seek it there. Your soul isn't in some special atom somewhere in the glands in your head. It's in every atom of you constantly expressing itself for your benefit and for the benefit of all around you. Keep this in mind the next time you go shopping for clothes or go to the grocery store. Who knew shopping could be a spiritual adventure? If you're interested in knowing more about your soul, who you are when you're not embodied, why you chose this embodiment, and what you intended to do in this lifetime, you might consider having an Akashic reading. A reading can explore this and so much more about the life you're currently living and what you can do to unfold more of your purpose and your passions going forward. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week we'll be exploring the Opportunity Map section of Soul Books. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.